Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One of the podcasts that was memorable was when I did Bob Iger and I asked him how he managed to stay so long at Disney. And he said that the, the goalpost always kept changing. It wasn't the same thing. So just like you're doing now with this, I'm trying to see what else is out there because I could keep doing the worst thing and maybe I will for a long, long time. But the question is, the goal is the same. Win a championship. Win another championship. Win another championship. But you also want to say, okay, um, is there something else sometimes? And that's what I meant by saying that. Hey, now it's cracking. Welcome back to the Jim Rohn Podcast where I have an amazing conversation on deck for episode 260 because this week I'm joined by the brains of the operation, the architect behind the dynasty that is the Golden State Warriors. He is a four-time NBA champ. He is a two-time NBA executive of the year. My guest this week, Warriors GM and president of basketball ops, Bob Myers. Now, when I get the chance to run down a dude who helped build a full-blown dynasty and then help keep that core intact for a decade plus, you know I'm going to do that every single time. So, it is awesome to welcome Bob back for a second appearance on the original Side Hustle, and I don't want to waste any more time with it, so let's get right at it. Episode 260 with Warriors GM and President of Basketball Ops, Bob Myers, and it's coming at you right now. So, Bob, it's great. I finally got you to go long form. First things first, my man. How you living? How you feeling? How is your life? Oh, boy. Um... Good. As much as it can be sane in this business that I chose myself. But uh, family's good. Jim, I hope yours is doing well. I always love talking to you, so thanks for having me. Thank you very much. My family is great, and I appreciate you saying so. So, Bob, this is amazing. You yourself have a podcast. It's called Lead by Example with Bob Myers. Why did you decide to take that on, and what has that experience been like for you? Because I know you. You're all in on anything you take on. Well... You know, Jim, it was a little bit selfish. In my business, I don't know how that is in yours, but I don't have, it's hard to have good relationships with my peers because it's so competitive. Uh, the fraternity amongst GMs in, in the NBA, it, it, everybody keeps themselves at a healthy distance, but, but for, your, for a few relationships you might have. And that's probably because people are fearful of giving things away and, and always tentative. So what I've found is it's great to talk to GMs in other sports. And with that in mind, I thought, why not try to talk to any leaders in any industry and see if I can learn anything? Because I've always been a big admirer of leaders, how they do it, how everybody's different, uh, what they lean on, what matters to them, what their story is. And so having these guests on has been, for me, really fulfilling and educating in learning. And, and if other people learn, that's great. I've had some different types of guests, I had some athletes, some non-athletes, and uh, given the money of our foundation, which is which feels good too. But for, it's really for me. I, I wish I could give you a better answer, but I love talking to people, even like you, and we haven't talked a ton about how you got to where you are. I love hearing those stories because they're all different. They're all unique. 
You know, Bob, in terms of you wishing you gave me a better answer, I love that answer. I was going to tell you before you said that how much I love that answer. I think that's a fascinating answer. So, like, for instance, in terms of leadership, I would imagine you, you only have so much time to read, but I bet that if you're not working and you're not with your family, you probably are reading. In fact, I know you are. Like, who are some of the best leaders or books that you've read lately or even all time? Oh, my gosh. Well, the best one I read... Uh, just on that note is, um, you know, there's, there's some good John Wooden stuff. And then there's How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is such a bad title by Dale Carnegie. But but it's, an, it's a fascinating uh, book that helps you understand how to talk to people, how to learn about people, what people want to talk about. A simple fact of the book, Jim, is how much people like to hear their own name said. And you know that you interview people, you, you do. It's not a, it's not because you have an ego when people refer to you as Jim or me as Bob, it's, it's nice. It's nice to hear someone say your name as opposed to somebody that you interview for half an hour and they don't say your name once. So this book kind of highlights things. It's an old book. It's maybe a hundred years old now, um, but, but an old book. And I really like that one. I love some of Wooden's quotes, John Wooden's stuff. It, you really could just do what he says. I, was, I went to UCLA um, and his, his, People kind of think a lot of his sayings are cliche, but they're so fascinating. Um, and I, I, I write them down. I think about them. One thing that I always use in my line of work is, is, is one of Wooden's quotes, which is, it's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit, which in this society, Jim, is almost impossible to live that way because it's a society of credit grabbing and kind of YouTube highlights. And I don't want to be the the old man in this whole thing, but I do wish there was more focus on what a team can do um, in sports. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's gotten a little bit away from that. It's so interesting, Bob, what you just said. How, how to Win Friends and Influence People is one of the first books I could ever remember reading as a young adult. Because I realized, mm. you know, as you point out, that you and I haven't had these kinds of conversations, despite all our amazing conversations over the years. I did realize growing up in the San Fernando Valley that as much as I wanted to be a professional athlete, that was not going to happen. But I had a drive and I had a determination. And I started to read those books even in high school. And I was reading How to Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. But How to Win Friends and Influence People, because I had a brief stint in sales, that was almost mandatory reading. That was like part of the curriculum. Mm. So I know what you're talking about. That book is timeless. It holds up. It was written a long, long time ago. And the other point that you just made, I think is so important. And I've always felt that way about my business. Whenever I talk to somebody and in the midst of that conversation, they address me by my first name. And if they do it more than one time, you're right. It makes such a difference. It means that not only are they engaged, but they actually do care unless they're totally disingenuous. And you would know that. Yeah, totally agree. And, and look, that book, if people are listening, I'm sure you have a ton of more listeners than I do on my podcast, but, but I will tell people, you read that book, read that book. If you don't read any books, and like you said, we could, there's a ton of great books, good to great. There's a ton of, like you said, many, many you could read, but, but that one, for some reason, was the one that resonated the most and was so great because it was so simple just like we just talked about the name thing. So yeah, you, uh, you probably are more educated in, in all of them than I am, but I've read a few that I've really liked. So Bob, for instance, you said one of the reasons also that you wanted to do the podcast was you wanted to quote, check in on yourself. Another very interesting, interesting statement. What did you mean by that? And then what have you found out since checking in on yourself? 
Yeah, I think in, I don't, I, mean, I don't know if you face this, Jim, but it, certainly I do. And when you are in a public, uh, guest position or public place of uh, where you're recognized and people know who you are and, and they know what you do, it's it's hard to avoid that becoming your identity, especially in professional sports. You know, you look at Steve Kerr, everybody just wants to know Steve Kerr as the Warriors coach and stop, or Bob Myers, the Warriors GM, that's it. That's all he is. That's all he should be. That's all he should think about. You have to almost push back on that, or at least I find that very dangerous to to embrace that and say, that's me, I'm the Warriors GM. I think that's scary because that ends at some point, um, like all these things end, like your career will end. Um, and, and then who are you, right? So when I say check with myself, it's kind of like, instead of what do I do, who am I? And I think in our, at least in our country and the people I'm surrounded with, it's so much more about what do you do that defines you than who you are. And I think that's, you can, you can get away with that and you can get rich and you can get famous, but in the end, you got to go to bed at night with you. And I got to go to bed at night with what's going on in my head. So I don't want to lose sight of what that is. And in the profession I'm in, a lot of it takes me away from that, from that, what am I? Who am I? What do I want? What do I care about? Is this what I want to do? Um, do you want to do something else? Those thoughts are healthy. They're natural. Um, and I think sometimes when you let, for example, you, if you had a design of doing something different, there'd be so many people telling you, you can't do that, Jim. Why would you do that? Um, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. And you'd say, okay, that's great. And then you have to realize, like, what do I even want? And maybe it is to keep doing what you're doing. And maybe you love it. And you've actually been able to kind of transition from one thing to, to TV, to radio, to your own show, to syndication, to this. And I think that probably keeps you engaged. One, one of the podcasts that was memorable was when I did Bob Iger. And I asked him how he managed to stay so long at Disney. And he said that the the goalpost always kept changing. And for him, that meant streaming. For him, that meant opening up new amusement parks. That meant buying Pixar. That meant buying Lucasfilm. That meant buying DreamWorks. So all these things that he did, it wasn't the same thing. So just like you're doing now with this, um, I'm trying to see what else is out there. Because I can keep doing the worst thing, and maybe I will for a long, long time. But the question is, the goal is the same. Win a championship. Win another championship. Win another championship. And so... That's fantastic. And that's really, really hard to do and, and very, very fulfilling and gratifying. But you also want to say, okay, um, is there something else sometimes? And that's what I meant by saying that. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? 
No, well, I understand that, Bob. I understand that. I think I'm even one step further down the road than you would imagine in that sense because, you know, you even said to me, I didn't know you had this podcast, which is understandable. I have another podcast called The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome, and I've done 60 of those episodes where I'm thinking about, Bob, like, what I'm thinking about is this. Who am I? Who do I want to be? And how am I going to become that person? And I'm saying this to you now as a 58-year-old man. I absolutely am thinking Mm -hmm. about the things you're talking about. And it's not just radio or TV. It is those things. I want to reinvent within that framework. But what about beyond that? So I absolutely understand what you're talking about. You know, this whole thing about do you want to be the GM of of Golden State? Do you want to do it for a long, long time? You know, there's been all this speculation about what's going to happen. Let me ask you, and you don't need to answer specifically because I have so much respect for you, but can you see yourself doing something completely out of the realm and different from that altogether? It's a good question. And I think that I can't answer that. This job is so consuming that I haven't, you need space to answer those kind of questions. It's a fair question. It's a good question. But this job that I'm in currently, and, and who knows, could stay in for a long, long time, um, demands all the attention, demands all the bandwidth. And it doesn't allow for um, much of my thought, maybe other people are better at than I am, to think about other things and wonder about other things. You know, I started in, in this business as an agent just because I love basketball. I couldn't play beyond UCLA professionally. And so I was an agent and I tried that out for a while. And I was... Yeah, I would say decent at it. It wasn't, didn't feel super authentic, but I did it because I wanted to be around the game. This was, in my opinion, felt better, felt more authentic, does feel more authentic. Um, but I've done this for 12 years with the Warriors. It's, it's been a hell of a run. I could keep doing it. Um, and that's something that I think about. But, I, but, you know, as far as anyone in life, thinking about the next thing is nothing wrong with that. Um, everybody should do it. But I can't answer what that is or what that would be. Um, because when you're in something like this and we're in, in our season and we're so focused on what we're trying to accomplish, that requires everything. And that's what I give everything. And, and then whatever the decision is, it'll be at some point in time. I, I accept that. I accept that. And I'll tell you why I get this sometimes myself, like, Hey, Hey Rome, like if you could do anything, what would it be? Or if you could do any dream show, what would it be? What this, that, or the other, I'm kind of like you. It sounds so trite, Bob. It sounds like so cliche, but we really are where our feet are because if we aren't, we're going to get run over because the whole thing is so consuming (laughs) as it is every single day. Like how important is it to create time? And even this is your line, not mine. How important is it to create time for nothing? just to create space to just think. And really, how much time do you do every single day doing that? Can you even do that every day? Oh, man. You know, I think it's extremely important um, because, you, you know, you have to – nobody else is going to do it, for, for one. Nobody's right. going to say to me, hey, why don't you take a break for a little bit? Um, you know, I have three amazing daughters and my wife, and, and how they're at, a, they're at a great age. They're at an age where they want their dad around. They love having their dad around, and I love being around them. They're not in college, um, and they, they want to hang out with me. And at some point, they may not. So I appreciate that, and I don't want to take that for granted. So there's that part. But at work, you could, I can work 24 hours a day. I could make a reason. I could have a reason to work all the time, every day. Um, I already have a job that works on Christmas, works on 4th of July, works on Halloween, works on New Year's, works on Thanksgiving. Uh, the only holiday I don't work, ironically, is Labor Day because it's kind of slow. So the, the holidays don't give you the time. The weekends don't give you the time. Um, your job doesn't give you the time. So the reason why it's important to take the time, for me, 
is because if you don't give yourself that time, you can't think. And that's what you're hired to do when you're leading or you're running a show or trying to create something. You have to think. And nobody says, hey, go take some time to think. For me, that might have been the thought that I had of, hey, we're going to lose Durant. Let's try to turn it into something. Um, but if you're so consumed with what you're trying to do um, and reacting to everything, then why are you there? Because a lot of people can just react to things. It's thinking about things, being proactive, having a unique thought. But you have to carve that out. You can't go meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. You have to actively say, even to certain people, hey, I have a meeting during that time. And it's not a meeting. It's just I want to be alone in my office or out of my office to think about what's going on. And I find it so bad with me, Jim, that it's gotten to a point with me, even friendships, everybody's working around me. And that's not, I'm not a good, I'm not reciprocating any friendships. You know, my friends show up to meet me in the playoffs. That's on my schedule. You think I'm showing up to see them? No. So what does that say? Like, am I, am I, am I a good friend? And they, they're great guys. They're like, oh, I'll meet you on the road when you guys play in the playoffs and it's fun. But I don't do that for them. And so it's a little bit like, what am I, what, what are my good qualities? So if you don't have time to think about, I should reach out to that person. They're going through something. If I don't allow myself that, or, hey, when was the last time I talked to my mom and dad? Um, or my brother, my sister, who I love and, and want to talk to. If I don't leave that space, then what am I, what am I really doing? You know, what, what, what am I accomplishing? So those are the things that I try to think about when I take that nothing time. Mm. Now, I think that's amazing, Bob. I think that's extremely self-aware. I think that's extremely candid. I, I really appreciate that response. You know, clearly you're fascinated by leadership. I'm more, I'm curious about this. Like you're a great leader. Steve Kerr is a great leader. Steph is a great leader. Draymond is a really effective leader, but everybody leads in different ways. So how do you divvy up all of that leadership? And then how do all these leaders lead within the framework of the group and the culture of the team? Can you have too much leadership? <laughs> no, as long as they do what I said a few minutes ago, which was they don't care who gets the credit, as long as you understand you're trying to do one thing. The best part of my job is that it's fixed goal. We want to win a championship and then we can all focus on that and we all benefit from that. Um, where you get in trouble is if people start maybe not respecting each other's roles or positions. One thing about Draymond, and you mentioned Draymond or even Steve who did my job, which has helped me, um, or even Steph. Steph's so uniquely great that you could really work with anybody. Steph could work with you, anybody. Um, me, uh, any coach, any any GM. He, he's just a he's just a uniquely one of a kind guy. Um, Steve has done what I do, so he's got a mutual respect for what I do. So that has helped him understand. Hey, I know what you do. I've done what you I've done what you do. So I understand you make that call. Uh, for me, I didn't play in the NBA. Steve did. So Steve will tell me, Hey, this is this is the thing with players. Steve played won five titles as a player. Played with Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan. Some great players played for Phil, Phil Jackson, played for some really Popovich great coaches. I don't try to step on his toes when he's talking about coaching strategy. That's me leading by saying that's not my space. He's leading by saying you're the GM. You make the personnel decisions. Draymond's leading by saying I want you to sign this guy, but you know what? I'm not the GM of the team. And accepting that, even though he could abuse that authority, Steve could abuse his authority, I could abuse mine. That's how you let something go or something last for 12 years. And that's why it's so hard now in sports because, you know, people want to chart their own path. They're often rewarded for it. Sometimes winning isn't 
the thing that everybody wants the most, even though they say that's the thing they want the most. So when you lead, you also have to defer. Uh, sometimes leading is stepping back, even though people assume leading is always taking command and taking control. It's sometimes relinquishing control. And in these relationships, it's me listening to staff on certain situations and him listening to me. It's him understanding where he's coming from, understanding that there's a scrutiny on this guy that I can't fathom, that he can't move, he can't breathe out there in the world. And there's a pressure on him to try to understand that. There was a time where we were in Denver last year in the playoffs and it was a shoot around. We were walking back or I was, I asked him, I said, do you want to walk back to the hotel? <clears throat> and he said, I can't. And I was thinking like, what, you, you hurt? And then I realized he can't walk five blocks on the street. Uh, he can't do that without security, without probably two security guards. And it was kind of sad because I could tell he wanted to, but, but under empathizing with that, right. Um, just understanding each other, understanding Draymond grew up in Saginaw. He didn't grow up like I did. He's got more challenges. He maybe doesn't trust as much. He would admit that. I under, Understanding that, uh, relating, understanding Steve, like I said, played for these guys, played in the NBA. Um, those, are, those are the reason those relationships work, but we all lead in different ways. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. See, Bob, I think in my personal opinion, and tell me if you feel otherwise, I think that this is one of your great, great strengths. Like I would ask you, keen intellect and basketball acumen aside, how much of your success would you attribute to what we're talking about here? Your ability to connect with people, you know, to your emotional intelligence. How well has that served you? Well, it's been my whole, I haven't been, I don't do it on talent. Um, I don't have, I never was one year in my life. I was the best player on my team, my senior high school. So I always been around talent playing at UCLA was the last place I thought I'd end up, but I, we won a championship. I saw talent. I saw how talent could work together, but I didn't have a voice, nor did I deserve one on that team. Maybe my senior year, I, I, uh, I had more of one uh, and, and, and our team did well that year, went to the elite eight and lost, but I, um, you know, some, sometimes Jim, um, we have to lean on our strengths and accept our weaknesses. And I guess, I guess I would say one strength I have that is natural to me that, that comes with a cost too, is that when I sit down at a dinner table and if it's me, you, your wife, my buddy, my wife, our kids, it's hard for me not to see the person at the table that's upset. That's not, doesn't want to be there. It's, I can't miss that. So I have to understand, I have to, if you and I are talking and all of a sudden I look over and your wife's, not engaged, I'd be like, I'd, 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 I'd lean, I'd be like, How, how's it going with you? You know, and, 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 and I, I have to do those things because I see them. You might see those too. Uh, you might not see them. It's okay, whatever people are, they are. Some people are blissfully happy in their own space. But when I see them, I feel a need to try to connect with those things. I've always been able to read that room, so to speak. A lot of people say I can read the room. I think I actually have that ability, but there's a lot of things I don't have. There's a lot of things that I need help with. I'm not super organized. I, I lean on people um, in my office. 
to do a lot of those things, to keep us kind of on pace, to set those things up. That's not my strength. Uh, my dad was an engineer. Uh, my brother's an engineer. I don't have that mind, uh, but I have other skills. So recognizing what you're good at, and I think you've had to do this too in your life, or all of us, I hope, do do it. Figure out what you're good at and kind of lean into that and understand there's no one that is good at everything. Not a single person. And I've been around some very, very successful, talented people. So have you, probably more than I have. And you can say clearly, this person's great, but in this area, they're not as great. It's fine. It's not a knock on that person. So what I would say is, yes, in my role around talent, maybe I can help talent succeed, but I never get the illusion that I'm the talent. So when you say um, that's my skill, my skill might be, yes, Give me talent. And I say this to Draymond. Draymond's a better version or better example of what I'm talking about. You give that person talent and he will get the most out of that talent. And that's this, another thing, you know, Wooden would say is that what's the saddest thing is wasted potential. Um, and there's a ton of wasted potential out there, Jim. There's so many people that you meet or you interact with and you, you go, you should go do that. You'd be so good at it. And they go, no, I can't do that. You go, no, I'm telling you, you should do that. I'd never make it. I'm sure you told people what you wanted to be at one point in your life. And I bet a lot of people said, you can't do that. And you said, I'm going to try it at least. And something in you gave you that confidence, probably I'm guessing because no one gave you anything because you earned what you have. And a lot of people say, well, Rome did this and that. He got lucky. And you go, well, you can, whatever your truth is, is your truth. I know my truth and I have confidence because I did it myself. You know, nobody gave me, I, I walked on to UCLA, nobody helped me do, do that. I, um, I got a job after college with, with Arn Tellum. I was making $2,000 a month with no insurance, with no office, just trying to figure out, picking up people from the airport. I came to the Warriors at assistant GM. The owner said, hey, look, there's no promises here. Took less money. Um, all these things I've done, nobody did for me. Um, and, that, and, and I'm not, I'm happy about that. I wanted it that way. Uh, and, and I think that's given me confidence to try stuff and fail. And I think you would probably say the same about yourself. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's so true. All of that is true. It All of that is true. And not only would you not change anything about that, but you and I probably would not be having this conversation with one another had it not been like that for both of us. You know, Bob, which brings me to something else. You know, we go back to books. One of my favorite books ever is a book written not that long ago by a former Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. And it's called Discipline Equals Freedom. I love this book so much, Bob. I read it and I reread it all the time. It's an incredible book. It's an easy read. I'm curious, how big then, everything you just said about talent and strengths and weaknesses and what you work on and what you don't, how big is discipline in your life? How important is that? It's funny you mentioned that word. I, uh, I've been, I, I hurt my hip a while ago, so I've had a few, I'm trying to rehab it. It's been kind of a year's process and it's fine. I, everybody's got something they're dealing with. And uh, I walked in the gym one day and Draymond said something and he said, Hey, you haven't been doing your rehab. And I looked at him and he just had missed me because I'd done it earlier or later. And I said, listen, Draymond, you can accuse me of a lot of things, but don't accuse me of not having discipline. Hmm. I said, I have discipline almost to a fault, Jim. I'm the idiot that has to like try to work out on the vacation, which is pathetic. I would like to not be that guy because of my discipline. But once you're, once you discipline yourself in a certain thing, it's hard it becomes habitual. Like once you, once you enable, when you, once you put these disciplines in place in your life to not do them is harder than to do them, but it takes that discipline. So 
I've kind of always had that, but it's easy to be disciplined in areas where you are passionate about, you know, obviously it should be our health and things like that, but your, your, your profession should have discipline about that. Um, your relationship should have discipline about that. People call you should try to get back to them. Um, should be, be on time for things. Uh, yeah. So that for me is a huge thing and something that's completely, uh, I think valid. And I think that obviously you, you, I, I don't even know you that well. I, you have it. You have it without me even knowing. I mean, you, you are super disciplined. I can kind of feel it through this conversation and the times I've talked to you, how organized you, you've never been late. You're organized. You understand everything you've said is researched and understood. You, I would say embody discipline. And I think I'm disciplined probably much more than I even am. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I think I appreciate that, Bob. I think there are certain things that I'm very disappointed with and certain things that I'm not. I think I try to be professional and prepared always, but I can appreciate what you're saying. You know, that thing you said about your hip and how it's been an issue and you had to rehab it. That said, how important is daily movement to you? And like, what types of things do you do at this juncture of your life if movement is important? Because I think we'd all agree, right? Movement is really important. Yeah, I I, I, I I like crave movement probably to a fault. I'm the guy that um, if we were on the phone right now and I could be on just talking to you on the phone, uh, I'd be walking around pacing and, 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 and I'd be outside if I could. And people would say, what are you doing? Sit down. I find it. Um, I need to move. It's not that I want to move. I need to move. I, I, I can swim now. I can walk. I can run once in a while. I'm trying to sh- shoot around by myself. I lift weights. I but when I don't move for a day, it feels um, I don't sleep as well. And I'm not sitting here telling people they need to like be in the best shape of their life. But I think mental health obviously is a big thing for people, uh, and it should be. I have great empathy for people going through whatever they're going through, young, old, in the middle. Mental health is is a huge thing, and I, you know you can trace reasons as to why. But moving, I know, helps alleviate some of that stress. And however people move you got to honor that. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be marathon runners or, or somebody that takes a walk for half an hour in the morning with their wife or dog. Fine, whatever you do. But for me, Jim, um, I have to do it. And again, I'd probably tip over the edge of having to do it uh, too much. And so I, I sometimes have to just remind myself to sit, to sit still. I more struggle with that, which is a different type of problem. <laughs> I, I get it, Bob. I'm not, not that I'm some kind of warrior by any stretch, but if I don't get on that Peloton, if I miss a couple of days, I'm, I'm not right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not right mentally. I'm not right physically. I'm just not right. I understand what you're saying. Before I let you go, you have to give me an update. You and I, for years and years and years, have talked about the Warriors and their annual visit to San Quentin for the run there. I know there was an absence, a two-year absence, because of COVID, but the organization did go back, right, at the end of 2022? Yeah. Did you go, mm-hmm. and what was that like? I, you know what, Jim? Um, I did, we lost. I think we lost. And um, I didn't go. Here's why. It's a, another selfish thing. I, I, every time I went in there, I played. 
and it's so hard for me not to go in there and hey, play. Hey, Bob, can I interrupt? I never is- do this. I never do this as a host, but I have to interrupt. Not only did you play, you always played well when you went in there, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, statistically, yeah. And we usually, the important thing is we usually won, which when you go into San Quentin, um, better to win than lose because it's a place where when they're talking trash to you, you can't, you shouldn't, I advise you to not talk back. So the only way you can respond to their trash talking is to actually win the game. So the time we lost, um, got, got trash talked and lost. And that was, that was, a, that was a tough one. Um, and it's funny. We were, Jim, we were losing, and it was about three minutes to go. And Luke Walton was playing with us. He was one of our assistant coaches at the time. And Luke was kind of a pretty carefree guy. And Luke, I go, we're going we're gonna to F and lose this game. And we were down like five. And Luke goes, Bob, Bob. He goes, calm down. And I said, what do you mean, Luke? And he goes, these guys are in San Quentin. He goes, who do you think this means more to, us or them? And I said, oh, man. Awesome. I said, awesome. I love that. I said, all right. I said, big picture, Luke. That's a hell of a thing. You're right. And I said, not that, but I don't want the San Quentin buddies that I know to be listening and thinking we gave it up. We, we lost. They beat us. I didn't quit, but uh, I did have that piece of solace after I left going. These guys, and they loved Jim. They celebrated. They ran on the asphalt court. And the uh, best part about San Quentin um, is not the basketball, it's the people. And uh, when Aaron Taylor, he did, he was the MC, Showtime Aaron Taylor. He, he has his own podcast. And I was on it a couple years ago. And I said, he said, I want to come to a game. And I said, okay. I said, when Clay Thompson comes back to play his first game, um, I'll get you on the court in my seats or I'll get you back and fly you, fly you uh, up. He's, he's living in, uh, in LA. And I either put him in my floor seats or I put him in other seats, but I flew him up, got him a hotel and he came up and got to see Clay's uh, first game. But Jim, these guys are just guys that made mistakes and, and, and grew up hard and unfair and did bad things that they regret um, that maybe you and I would have done. So the best lesson is not the basketball is great. They're really good basketball players, but more, more so about um, expand your horizons. Like me meeting people that, that, uh, that were in San Quentin and knowing them in my life experience has been hugely beneficial. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about that, that you get as much out of it as they do. I bet, and leave me with this thought, and I so appreciate this time, Bob. I bet Luke said something along the lines of, I'm going to try and get there. I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit banged up with my voice today, but I'm going to say, he probably said something like, hey, hey, Bob, the fuck is the matter with you? These guys are in San Quentin. This isn't game seven of the finals, Bob. Fucking take it easy. <laughs> something like that, right? We had the depth. Don't we wish we had the depth of his voice? Are you kidding? I I, I would have gotten into the Radio Hall of Fame 25 years earlier if I had his pipe. He's, he's, uh, (laughs) congrats on that, by the way. But no, he's, I can't, he's too good. It's a unique voice. He's a good man. And uh, he had a good, that was a good reminder that day to tell me to calm down a little bit. You too, Bob. Listen, I appreciate it so much. Lead by example with Bob Myers. I would imagine, in fact, I know this, our listeners can find that podcast wherever they find their podcast. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I think it's on YouTube. It's on ESPN and stuff like that. But yeah, they'll find it. But yeah, thanks, Jim. Bob Myers, if you need him. I mean, how different is this dude? How accomplished is this dude? Talk about perspective on the job, on the Warriors, on the association, on life. So an amazing conversation. 
big ups and major thanks to Bob for making time once again and bringing that kind of juice and that kind of insight to the original side hustle. If you're looking for more conversations like that one, you have come to the right spot. We are pumping out a fresh ep every single week going forward like we always have. So consider finding and smashing the subscribe button. That would mean a lot to me and it would also benefit you. That way you never have to look for the episode. It will find you instead right as it drops. So subscribe right now and if you will, I will catch you a week from today right here with episode 261 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. Peace.